Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Harry. You know, Mike, uh, unfortunately, this week, uh, because we left the VCR too close to uh, the shoreline, um, we, we got to take it into the VCR guy on the island. So it's out of commission right now. Uh, so we didn't really have a chance to watch any movies this week, Yeah, which is unfortunate. I'm just glad that there's a VCR. Uh, there's like a Radio Shack on this island where they repair VCRs. Yeah, that's it's where It's in they, the same strip with the Gelsons. They, they replaced the... Uh, the uh, the subway that blew up last week, <laughs> the Radio yeah, Shack, the Radio Shack, with America's hottest new business trend, Radio Shack, mm-hmm. and I, I'm very appreciative of that. Um, so what that means is we have our little CRT TV that unfortunately only gets the it only picks up the basic cable channels, uh, but you know we we can still watch stuff. They don't really play movies like they used to uh, on on the basic cable channels. What they do play are reruns of uh, Mike and I's favorite television program, uh, The Simpsons. So this week, instead of watching some flicks, uh, we each decided to the, pick an episode uh, of this show that we love. Wait, what are you uh, talking about? Pick an episode. It was on it. They're on at six oh, and six thirty. Well, we picked a day where there happened to be two that we both loved quite a bit. That we both picked. So, <laughs> that we both were on our short list of ones we wanted to rewatch. Yeah, which we was, I think a good metric to. I think that's the best metric to pick an episode. Is it's not like oh, which is my favorite because it's tough, but yeah. or which one do I feel like rewatching? Because there's always going to be one. And it, yeah, it worked out because uh, Simpsons is my favorite show of all time. Uh, Simpsons is the kind of reason that I decided to pursue filmmaking in general because it's a thing that as a kid kind of got me interested in like television and, and movies and, and stuff like that in general. So there's nothing more desert island worthy to me than the simpsons like in its entirety uh through season 12 probably in my opinion uh and i think maybe we can talk about that really quickly I, i'm generous and would go towards like like the 14 the it's for the, like, the schwartz welder right i'd say when schwartz welder officially left like the last episode aired season 15 so i would include season 15 because there's some good stuff in there but i i think that i saw this really good like breakdown where it was like george hw bush his tenure was seasons one to two when it was like finding its footing and then bill clinton years seasons three to eleven which is undoubtedly the show's creative peak yeah and then bush two years are like 12 to i think 19 or 20 and it's like shows in decline uh still a lot of good episodes here and there and then the obama era is essentially when the show became kind of like all right, this is completely unnecessary. Like, in my opinion, season eight is, like, the peak. And the way I always kind of talk about it is, like, a lot of people will say season nine, episode two, uh, is where the show, like, ends the golden era, because I think episode two of season nine is Principal and the Pauper, which is the Armin Tamzarian episode. Mm-hmm. And I've never agreed with that, because, like, if something hits a peak, there's, like, a fall down. So, like, it doesn't just drop to zero after it hits a peak. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think, so I think it kind of, like, falls after season eight a little bit, but it's still, like, in great territory, because The Simpsons at, when The Simpsons at its best wasn't at its best, it was still better than every other fucking show on TV. 
and yeah. like yeah and like principal and the popper is a is a obnoxious episode for certain reasons um but season nine also has like cartridge family which i know me and you both kind yeah. of rank very highly i think cartridge family is like an episode that i think about frequently just because it's it's like never not been a relevant episode yeah no for real and all every fucking joke in that is good and i think that speaking of john swartzwelder cartridge family i think is like a testament to why the simpsons at its peak is still so good today because swartzwelder is someone who he's a recluse people don't know too much about his personal life whatever a lot of like his his personal and political views and stuff come kind of secondhand from other writers on The Simpsons. Like, there's even been, like, a, a rumor for years that he's not even a real person and that they just, like, credited every one of the best episodes to to the name John yeah, Swartzwelder. Name, yeah, because yeah, um, he wrote 59 episodes of The Simpsons. Most of them are, like, all-time greats. But, like, Cartridge Family is a an episode with so many great gun and second amendment critiques but john swartzwelder is also someone who is like thought to be uh like hardcore libertarian and like a a big supporter of the second amendment and stuff like that so i think that the reason golden era simpsons holds up so well is kind of just in that alone like we had this guy who was really funny who believed one way about guns but was still able to kind of like critique it in an honest way that still holds up i would say today yeah it's important to to mention that like i guess just as a little lead-in um john swartzwelder is part of the og team of the og simpsons team considered like his the the stories about john swartzwelder are not they're great like he he like got to he was like an ad person in chicago and then got an opportunity to like essentially pitch and audition to write for David Letterman and came in and instead of like auditioning like went into the head writer's office and started smoking and talking about how all TV's garbage these days yeah. and it was like the and also his like his uh, the, the pitch packet he sent in was like perfect because he just is the, the potentially the funniest one of the funniest people who's ever lived yeah um, and his fingerprints I mean it's like his like obviously Matt Groening created The Simpsons but most people kind of agree that it's his like point of view that kind of became the voice of the show through its golden era and he's like a consultant and stuff on a lot of the episodes that he didn't even write so like just his yeah his voice kind of spread like wildfire I think throughout the writer's room which was already talented you know without him it was rumored for a while that the character Ron Swanson on Parks and Recreation is supposed to be uh, like a direct essentially like a john swartzwelder um just sort of come to life because i think there's overlap in terms of the, the creator of uh, parks and rec worked on the simpsons for a while so you yeah. get to, to hey, work but, with swartzwelder on a few things. yeah greg daniels um the uh i mean herman is allegedly a like with the exception of him being an amputee he's like apparently designed after john swartzwelder in like attitude and like physical appearance and stuff I, you know what's funny is it's neither of these episodes today are written by john swartzwelder yeah we just whenever we talk about the simpsons we fall down a rabbit hole talking about how nuts john swartzwelder when, when i was little i got really into the simpsons just when it was on tv in like the late 90s i was born in 1994 so i was like watching it probably from the age of like three you know for on until i until right now 
Um, and then when the DVDs started coming out, I bought the DVDs and I would just watch them on a loop over and over and over again every day. And I watched them so many times, I, you know, I watched all the commentaries too over and over again. So I've heard a lot of like stories from the creative team and stuff through the commentary. And if I remember correctly, in one of the commentaries, they had mentioned that Swartzwelder was a chain smoker and he spent like all of his time writing his episodes in a diner that he liked chain smoking in the same booth on a typewriter and in the 90s like later in the 90s when they banned smoking in public places he wasn't able to write under like his required conditions anymore in the diner that he wrote all of his episodes so the the legend goes that he paid to have the booth that he always sat in removed and put into his house so he could chain smoke and write from the same booth still chain smoking apparently like just drank ungodly amounts of coffee coffee. that's the great and then to 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 do that and then produce things like the cartridge family or my favorite probably my favorite simpsons episode uh that in general is one that he wrote which is uh, the one where homer goes to clown college yeah that's like the fact that you're writing some of the greatest things ever yeah it's It's uh it's ridiculous so so off of schwartzwelder now um one of our one of our most loyal listeners brayden uh, recently said that he thought that we should call our fans the Dimp Simps, because Dimp, Desert Island Movie Podcast, and Simp... Is- for those who don't know, Simp is like a internet slang for like... It's like someone who follows... It's usually used like someone who's following like a model or like someone who's beautiful and constantly commenting like... Like, constantly commenting on their posts, not things that are dangerous, but things that are like, ooh, looks great, or wow, great, yeah. you look great in that one, but like on every post, where yeah, it's just sort of like, like a reply guy, essentially. Yeah, so... And, so all of and you are those for us. If you want to call yourself a dimp simp because you're a fan of Desert Island Movie Podcasts, and you can do that, but it's too perfect to not call our Simpsons episodes dimp simps, I don't think, so... It's probably you'll probably already see in the title of this episode that this is Dimp Simp One. And in honor of this, Mike and I did we got an Instacart at Galson's to get us some dim sum. Yeah. <laughs> Today's episodes that we have thankfully both picked and happened to uh, to be airing at the same time on our TV. Uh, on our basic cable television. Oh, CRT, it's a real it's got some rabbit ears. Yeah. Just like the Simpsons TV that I actually have tattooed on my arm. But, um, that might got tattooed here on the island. Yeah, I got it. T- <laughs> it was after we crashed. Uh, we used we used coconut ink and shards from the plane to and coconut shards from <laughs> the coconut plane that we crashed on <laughs> on the coconut island. Uh, so my pick is season five, episode eighteen, burns air. And my pick is season eight, episode twenty five, the season finale of what's thought to be the golden era, uh, The Simpsons, the Secret War of Lisa Simpson. Fun fact about burns air. Burns Air aired on April April 14th, 1994, and the episode before it aired two weeks before, so like they took an off week in new episodes, um, and I was actually born on April 6th, 1994, so Burns Air would have been the first new episode of The Simpsons that aired while Baby Mike was in existence. If you don't, if you haven't seen Baby Mike before, just take a look at our, our Instagram. There's a video of me <laughs> from when we watched Host where if you want to see Baby Mike in full effect, you can, uh, you can see him there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Burns Air, 
uh, unintentionally, you know, it's it's kind of, it holds a special place in in my heart because I think I could feel probably at the like at the age of like eight days, I'd <laughs> like to think that I could feel that that was a good one. <laughs> it's a classic. You know, you have to be a not born at all. I think to not connect with this episode. <laughs> to, on to not connect to the classic. Yeah. So one thing that I love about the Simpsons, and it's something I pay attention to every time I watch the show now, as like a as an adult who's kind of able to pick apart the structure a little bit more. I I love paying attention to how the Simpsons begins an episode because they generally waste no time, like in, in terms of jokes. Uh, they don't take a moment to get anything going before a joke is thrown at you. And Burns Air opens with such a good joke, which is Homer wins a employee <laughs> raffle to get to be the industrial chimney sweep of the day, which is they just cover him in like a <laughs> like a big like dust duster ball thing and dip him into like the <laughs> the nuclear yeah, pipes. the nuclear pipes. <laughs> And, and then he, his fucking response is, well, I, you know, I know that the big guys at the top work so much harder. And then it cuts and it's Burns, to, Burns wearing a top hat in a bathtub, watching Homer uh, clean the pipes <laughs> as he waits for like 5 p.m. Um, and and that's how we get into the episode proper, which is it's a Burns episode. And, and Mr. Burns, like, I've kind of realized as an adult that so many of my favorite simpsons episodes are burn centric because he really is like during the golden era of the simpsons burns is like the series antagonist and i think that hits a couple like boiling points obviously like who shot mr burns is kind of like a, a climactic moment in burns as like series antagonist but he's uh if i remember correctly in like one of the commentaries they had talked about how mr burns is like designed after like a vulture and early on in the show, they kind of have him, you know, looming over the town like a like a vulture. Mr. Burns has lethargic sperm, so he never he never fathered an heir. Uh, so he picks Bart to be like the heir to his his fortune. Um, and I I think the sequence where they're picking the heir is probably my like the peak of this episode for me. When you're just like running through all of the kids. Uh, and Milhouse says, well, I have nothing to offer you but my love. <laughs> and Mr. Burns says he specifically asked for no geeks. <laughs> I specifically said no geeks. But my mom says I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great because it's shortly followed. There's Nelson auditions essentially just by threatening him, which Burns finds uh, Burns finds enticing. But then right after that is Martin Prince, who is kind of like... As I've gotten older, Martin Prince, the, like, school nerd, uh, has become, like, a, a self-favorite supporting character for me. Um, because he comes in and auditions with a rendition of some song from the musical Meet Me in St. Louis, where it's like, bang, 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 with the trolley. And then <laughs> Nelson comes in and just socks him in the gut. Clang, 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 with the trolley. Ring, 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 with the bell. Zing, 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 with my heartstrings. <laughs> Thank you. Give the bully an extra point. <laughs> Burns tells uh, his assistant, Mr. Smithers, to like mark down extra points for yeah, the bully. Extra points for the bully. He calls him a bully. <laughs> Martin's followed up by uh, by Lisa saying that the heir not be a, a boy but a girl, and Burns immediately cuts her off and goes, "I specifically said no girls." 
<laughs> which is like it's it's good connective tissue i would say into the next episode that we're going to talk right. about <laughs> um but but ultimately bart auditions reading homer's speech off of note cards and homer's speech is is one of my favorite jokes in all of the simpsons which i might say about too many jokes in the simpsons right. but well, there's a lot yeah but it's it's just like it's ba- Homer's basically even at season. I know people say that Homer gets dumber after the show is <laughs> like yeah. after the show jumps the shark. Homer gets too dumb, but like in season five when the show's at its peak, Homer's already basically illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the, the, one of the just the funniest like kind of ironies in any like piece of media that's ever existed is the fact that Homer's barely literate real dumb just wants to drink and he's a safety inspector for yeah a power plant. <laughs> that he didn't have like the proper degrees for because um, like even Lenny and Carl are talked about as having had gone to like good schools at various with points. like masters yeah, yeah with masters degrees in like nuclear physics <laughs> um, but yeah Homer just locks I think that that's that's a good episode from like is that season 12 the one where they find Smithers dad's dead body yeah, yeah, yeah. And there might be 11, Is but 11? yeah, that's a, that's a great Yeah, one. it's like a good episode in, in the kind of after the period that a lot of people usually reference. But um, but yeah, so when, when Bart is reading off of these cards... Okay, boy, I wrote down exactly what to say. Just read it, and you're a shoo-in. He, he calls Mr. Burns Mr. Kearns. When he eventually corrects himself and calls him Mr. Burns, Homer screams from the sidelines, It's Kearns, you idiot. It's Kearns, stupid. No, it's not. Disregard. And, and Marge goes, No, it's not. Uh, and, and Homer just shouts, Disregard. <laughs> yeah, he says, Disregard. Uh, and then it, when Bart is reading the, the like, illiterate scribblings of, of Homer off of the card. Homer from the side says he card reads good, which is something that me and my brother have said to each other forever for the last 20 years. <laughs> he card reads good. Hello, Mr. Kearns. I bad want money now. Me sick. Ooh, he card reads good. Mr. Burns kicks Bart off the stage using a, a retractable boot that comes down from the ceiling. That requires two different, like, spinning wheels to operate. Two different levers. It's like, he's got to uh, turn one to, like, ready the boot in, posi- like, the horizontal position, and then the other for, like, the vertical position. For cranking it back. And this, this pays off later at the end, kind of at the climax of the episode. But, um... Yeah, Mr. Burns, he asks Bart to take, like, one step to the left or something so that the boot can kick him properly in the butt. And then Homer laughs at Bart after getting kicked in the butt. Ow! Excellent. <laughs> ah, the boot kicked Bart! It kicked him right in the butt! And this is where, where the, you know, like, the all-time great line comes in, which is Bart and Lisa are both disappointed about kind of their, their failure to become Burns' heir, and that's when... Homer says that you tried, but you failed miserably, and the lesson is to never try. You tried your best, and you failed miserably. The lesson is never try. I think that that's and also like, a great summation of Homer's character. Yeah, and I would say like a great summation of of kind of like one of the underlying themes of just the series in general during its yeah. its golden era. It's like they it it just the show got it. <laughs> the show got it, and it's it's. And it's almost still unfair gets it. that they still make episodes of any television. Yeah. 
Um, what more do you need, really? Yeah, earlier in the episode when Burns is, like, sinking in his bathtub because Smithers puts a sponge on his head. Uh, and it's too heavy. One of the great... One of, the, I think, the great things about the Mr. Burns character is the fact that this show fully understands that, like, the people with a lot of, like, crazy amounts of money that are, like... Like, the, the Jeff Bezos-type people in the world um, are so fragile because... They're so like convinced. They're so concerned with like cheating death that they've essentially turned themselves into like walking corpses. Yeah, walking corpses. Like there's just so many great references to the fact that Mr. Burns is like so weak he can barely move around. Yeah, he's well Um, into his hundreds. He's well into his hundreds. At one point, like way later in the series, he like references his birthplace is Pangea, which is what the world was before there were continents. Yeah, and. Um, I, I think what's what what's great about that is it's very common in like film and television and literature to like portray the rich as almost being stronger than they actually are. Like if you put any like crazy rich person in a scenario where they have to like I don't know jog or like do any kind of like really sustained physical blue collar work, they're gonna fall apart immediately. And I think. The Simpsons understands that so well, and it, it gets personified in so many great moments with Mr. Burns. Like the setup for this episode being that uh, Mr. Smithers leaves a wet sponge like on Mr. Burns's like, top head <laughs> in the uh, on his top hat in the bathtub, and it's enough to weigh him into the tub to the point that he drowns and almost dies. Yeah, and his life his life flashes before his eyes, which is where he realizes that he's never fathered an heir. But among the, there, there's a lot of good like visual gags in his life flashing before his eyes. One of which is is a joke that I, I still laugh at all the time. Which is I, I like whenever anyone in like an old timey scenario makes someone dance by shooting at their feet. And Mr. Burns, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Burns has showed doing that uh, in the past, but when guns could only fire one bullet at a time, so he's like, dance, and he shoots the ground, and then it shows him, like, have to reload the gun, and the guy just sits there waiting, and then he goes, dance, and he shoots the second bullet. But then there's also Mr. Burns sabotaging a Greenpeace effort uh, by posing as Wavy Gravy, <laughs> who's only smoking harmless tobacco and not marijuana. Yeah, he holds up, he holds up a bomb, a bomb and says tobacco. it's full of harmless tobacco. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's so dumb. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh Yeah, as the episode goes on, though, Mr. Burns eventually picks Bart to be his heir because Bart is shown as being very, like, wickedly destructive. Um, But it's important to note that he's able to get the town's attention for these auditions by buying up ad space at the movie theater before a screening of Siskel and Ebert, the movie. Yeah, which Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs up. Um, and uh, as part of, I guess, the deal, Mr. Burns not only gets to do the ad, but he has to do the let's all go to the lobby, like, yeah, in he, the ad itself. He sings that, which is which is my, that scene is my first experience with that old, like, movie theater lobby yeah. song. That's like, I thought it was just a Simpsons joke before I realized. And that's actually our, our secondary song that plays us out of the episodes of our show, the Desert Island Movie Podcast, is inspired by that scene in The Simpsons. It is. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Get ourselves some snacks. Let's all crash on the desert island. Let's all crash on the desert island. Let's all crash on the desert island. And watch some movies we love. 
Mr. Burns is often treated as being like uh, Scrooge from Christmas Carol, and there's <laughs> yeah, there's a direct <laughs> yeah, there's a direct <laughs> reference to that in this episode where Burns yells out the window at Bart, and he goes, "You sir, what day is it?" And some like poor like orphan kid on the ground goes, "What did I say? It's Christmas Day." <laughs> Which is 100% a joke that I say all the time. Like, if I hear someone say, what day is it? I'll be like, boy, it's Christmas Christmas day. Day. And then he goes, not you. And he, like, points at Bart or whatever. Soon after Bart is chosen, uh, Mr. Burns kind of fakes, like, getting... He, he, like, gets the Simpsons to feel like... He gets the Simpsons to be, like, sympathetic for him because he's an old man who's, who's, like, just waiting to die, basically. Um, so they kind of Homer convince... does try to kill him at the the signing yeah. of the like the of the document that makes Bart his heir. Homer tries to like scare Mister Burns into a heart attack and just gives Grandpa Simpson a heart attack. So oh, I guess you're in okay shape, huh? No heart problems or anything. Really? They eventually have Bart go spend time with him because they're like, if you're going to be the heir, you should kind of like spend time with him. Mr. Burns kind of starts trying to like brainwash Bart into believing that like his family doesn't love him. And over the course of like the rest of the episode, that's kind of like what's going on is is Bart feels, you know, caught between his actual family and Mr. Burns. Eventually, Mr. Burns is ruled in court to be undoubtedly Bart's biological father. <laughs> which is so funny but there's a point where they go to the police and they call they talk to chief wiggum about like what they can do about the fact that mr burns is like essentially like stolen their kid and and chief wiggum says that you can't expect him to be policing the whole town (laughs) uh and in this episode also i was i kind of forgot this episode also has one of my favorite Lionel Hutz moments, and Lionel Hutz is probably, like, I know me and Harry have talked about this a little bit before, but Lionel Hutz is probably my favorite, like, secondary or tertiary character. Everything that Lionel Hutz ever does throughout the course of the series is fucking hilarious, and in this episode he's shown as as repairing shoes on the side. He's, like, hammering clogs when the, the Simpsons are talking to him about getting their son back. During the actual trial, he's shown as repairing the judge's shoes <laughs> yeah, like while he, <laughs> which is so good um, but he's introduced uh hammering the shoes and he's just muttering damn clogs yeah damn clogs and then lionel hutz is always it's every time he's on screen the simpsons like wonder why it is that they continue to use him as their lawyer <laughs> which is so it's so funny that like they're they're able to in just a single character like say something i think like pretty pointed about like the legal system which is that if you're in a bind and you need a lawyer you're gonna go with the cheapest lawyer and the cheapest lawyer is gonna be the cheapest lawyer yeah (laughs) which is and it's funny that they just keep bringing him back and he keeps like like marge points out this episode like why do we keep hiring him yeah it's, it's funny because every time they hire him to do anything whether it's like be their lawyer or like watch barton yeah babysit as, as Miguel Sanchez. As Miguel Sanchez, he's gonna fuck it up. Yeah. Um, speaking of Lionel Hutz, there's also like the classic Lionel Hutz line in this, which is the I've argued in front of every judge in this state, often as a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking good. This is also the episode where we find out that uh, like before this happens, Mr. Burns shows Bart that he has a camera installed in every house in Springfield. Yeah. And we find out that Homer's secret shame is that he eats flowers. Bart says it explains his mysterious trip to Holland, which is a joke that I've never understood. I guess just because Holland has good flowers. Maybe? I guess I so. <laughs> uh, I know that this about this point in the episode is where we get to 
to probably, I think, your favorite part of the episode, which is oh the God. inclusion of Hans Molman. <laughs> so Hans Molman might be my favorite, like, tertiary character in The Simpsons, because every he's like this character that the joke is he's just, it's just elder abuse, basically. He's like this, like, ridiculously old man who, whenever he shows up, is like, put into some sort of danger or like killed or hurt or yeah. <laughs> and it's like it 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 should wear out its welcome but the way that he's designed he looks like a mole and his voice is like this so it like makes it so much funnier but this is actually this is one of my favorite uses of him because one of the ways in which homer and marge try to bring bart back is they hire like uh, they hire a like deprogrammer. a like a deprogrammer <laughs> And so you see the deprogrammer, like, he drags, like, a kicking, like, body into a motel room and starts shouting, like, you are not Mr. Bird. You are not the son of Mr. Bird. Yeah, you love Homer and Marge. And Marge. And so you see see him, like, doing the work. And they tell, he tells, like, Homer and Marge, like, it took, like, what, two weeks? Yeah, we got your son back. And they reveal that it's Hans Molman. Well, it was a grueling two weeks, but you have your son back. Mom, Dad, I missed you. Uh. Oh, my, that's Hans Molman. Can I keep him anyway? Huh? It's the absolute opposite of Bart. Like, there's no yeah. one character in Springfield, no one person in Springfield who's less like Bart than Hans Molman. <laughs> but you can also dress Hans Molman up in Bart's clothes. And uh, Homer gets really excited. Like, he starts kissing him. And yeah. it's like, Homer, that's Hans Molman. He's like, I know, but he's so cute. Yeah, which is another, another example in this episode alone of Homer being very dumb well before people pretend he got too dumb. <laughs> It's so funny. Like, every time they, like, reveal Hans Molman, he's like, I love you, Mom. I love you, yeah. Dad. <laughs> it's like kissing a peanut is what Homer yeah. says at the end. He's <laughs> kissing his head. And now I want you to meet your new brother, Hans Molman. Cowabunga, dudes. Give it a try. It's like kissing a peanut. <laughs> There's also a great moment in this where where Burns and Bart are watching Itchy and Scratchy together, and it's a very specific Itchy and Scratchy episode because it it always is. Itchy and Scratchy is a lot more clever than I realized it was when I was six. Yeah. Um, I actually used to be like super afraid of Itchy and Scratchy when I was like really little and watching The Simpsons. It was like the the gore is like so grotesque, it's really intense. But this yeah. is a moment where where Scratchy is turned into money. And Mr. Burns loves it because he loves seeing Scratchy get butchered like a hog. <laughs> yeah, and he like is laughing way too long and way too hard at that's, it, but he keeps repeating "butchered like a hog." Yeah, like a hog, like and that's that's when Bart decides that he wants to go home. <laughs> is when <laughs> Burns is laughing like that, which is when Burns reveals uh, in his camera setup of. of cameras all over the town he reveals that the simpson family like on on one of the monitors is saying that they don't miss bart at all i do not miss bart at all i am glad he's gone as am i Bo. it's probably my imagination but something about them didn't seem quite right really excuse me for just a moment but there's something off about them and then you find out that he has like actors uh, on the other side of the screen, playing them, and and the person playing Homer is very clearly supposed to be Michael Caine. Yeah, I noted that too. 
which is so good. Are you shotgunned like this? Yeah, he goes, what the hell am I doing here? What the hell am I doing here? There is a great reveal that the person portraying Lisa is like a grown man. Yeah, who at the end a cigar. <laughs> Start smoking a cigar. Just the sheer amount of fucking jokes in any given episode is astounding. And the fact that, like, there aren't any I can think of, really, that didn't make me, at the very least, like, smile. Like, it's so hard yeah, for like, even if they're show not, to pull this off. Even if they're not home runs, they're still, like, so clever and, and perfectly, like, ingrained into a plot that also functions on its own. Like, it's not just a joke show. Like, The Simpsons when the Simpsons were at their best, the episodes were, like, emotionally resonant, too. Like they Which just I think work. we'll get into a little bit with the next one. Yeah, I think the next Especially one definitely that. a little more so than this. Although there is a nice moment in this. I think the kind of an emotional gut punch of this one is at the end where, where after they drop Lenny down a hole, uh, Homer kind of comes crawling into Burns' office following a trail of donuts. And uh, Mr. Burns tries to get Bart to fire him. But Homer, like, looking very sad and pathetic, uh, Bart chooses instead to fire Mr. Burns as his dad uh, and then drops him down a hole in a very similar fashion to how Mr. Burns kicked him with the retractable boot earlier in the episode. And that's kind of where this one ends. Uh, and earlier on, too, when Bart has, he's, like, settled into Mr. Burns' house, Millhouse comes over um, to, like, marvel at all the toys he has and bart's wearing a bob mackie suit a and bob mackie yeah no says wow bob mackie <laughs> if you're like randomly thinking about this episode what is it that sticks out for you about it i mean it's just it's the audition scene the note homer's yeah. note cards i think is it's usually where my mind goes and then when i watch it i'm like oh yeah and then there's the family like the fake family playing them like that's that's kind of like the the general you know like uh, the trail that my mind follows when I think about the episode. Um, but like I said, just right off the bat, opening with Homer as industrial chimney sweep is like, just that, that's like such a testament to what it is that I love about The Simpsons. Like, uh, in season nine, there's an episode called Joy of Sect where they join a cult. And that episode opens where in the first frame, it's like a two second long shot and it's just an exterior of an airport and it says like no accidents since like tuesday or something like it's like there's been a lot of accidents at this airport and in the background you just see a a plane spiraling out of control and then in the next shot you faint like quietly hear an explosion in the background (laughs) um and it's just like the way that the simpsons takes no time with these like great visual gags that like fit perfectly in the narrative of the show but like like it's just it's just get it it, the show never stops like the from second zero to the credits rolling it's just like boom 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 and like we said you know not all of them are gonna make you laugh out loud but like the fact that there's so many there is like what makes the show kind of endlessly quotable and anyone who loves the simpsons as much as i do i generally find some sort of connection with just in our ability to kind of like rattle quotes off at each other i um, think that's honestly how we really started to connect as i think that's probably true was, yeah i think we once we both realized that we like the simpsons as much as we do it was like all right sweet because that's it's the simpsons for me is something i love a lot because uh my like, obviously it was on it's been on essentially my entire life your entire life as well it's still yeah. on but when I was a baby um, I mean, it's older I would, like, than both of us <laughs> it's older than both of us it's uh, an older brother uh, an older sibling it's um, it's 
a show that when I was like a baby, I would sit in front of the TV and watch. And I think it might have been, I don't know, 98 or something. But there was like a Sunday when the Oscars were on, but the Simpsons were on. And I was a baby and I used to say like SimSim. And I was like, SimSim. And I like kind of forced my dad to have to go downstairs to the little TV he had in his office and bring it upstairs so I could watch The Simpsons and my <laughs> parents could watch The Oscars. Um, and it's because of like the the fact that it's always in syndication and because of the fact that when I was growing up, it's when they started to release it, the seasons on DVD. Yeah, that's like it what just really a, blew it up for me. It, it just became a touchstone. Like, I would watch it constantly. I yeah. had a... There was, like, an old Mac computer that I had in my room. Like, my room was a, a computer room, too. My parents would come in and just, like, do work on that computer. <laughs> but when they weren't, I would just, like, pop in a Simpsons and watch, like, six episodes. Yeah. With my with my siblings, we would watch it constantly and start quoting it. And I have I seen every, every episode season one through nine I have seen an ungodly amount of times. Oh, yeah. Because uh, um, they're always on, and they're always funny, and they always hit. I remember there was a car ride once where... Um, my younger brother and I perfectly quoted the entirety of the shinning, like, Treehouse of Horror segment from, like, start to finish. Just because we were, we had a DVD of just the Treehouse of Horror stuff, and we watched that episode in particular all the time. Yeah, and there, there's, it's funny that you bring that up, because it, at this point in my life, I mean, I still, The Simpsons is, it's, like, I've jokingly said, like, The Simpsons is my religion. Uh, I've said that, like, yeah. The Simpsons, The Simpsons on TV was, like, my dad growing up. Like, I've made jokes like that my whole life. Uh, and and it's true, I think, to some extent. Like, The Simpsons, the voice of The Simpsons is so ingrained into my personal, like, worldview that I'm, yeah. like, I, it can't be separated from, like, my DNA at this point. Uh, that being said, I'm, like, a little more rusty now, I guess, than I was when I was in, like, seventh grade. Um, just in the sense that, like, I'll have longer stretches of time now before rewatching the same episode over and over and over again. But there was right. definitely a point, like, I remember in seventh grade, in my pre-algebra class, I was able at one point to zone out and watch episodes in my head because of how much I knew, <laughs> I, how much I remembered every fucking thing, which is like, it's like, it sounds like a joke, but I swear to God I would do that. Which is fucking nuts. Like, that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. You need to be institutionalized yeah. immediately. Yeah. Michael Priest. No, I mean, I, I, I don't think I ever got, <laughs> ever got to that yeah. point, but I, like, I get it. Um, when one of the, like, legitimately a high point in my life was in 2018, uh, I went to Universal Studio for the first time. And the one in Hollywood yeah. has, like, a, a, a Simpsons area. And uh, my girlfriend got pictures of me, and it's, like, a childlike sense of wonder. Because I'm taking in, like, oh, here's Krusty Burger, and here's the Quickie Mart, and here's... There's uh, a lot of good references station. in there. There's references all there's references yeah. to shit that, like, it, they're, they're deep cuts. Like, they have a Suds McDuff, like, hot dog stand. Um, like the the food items like at, at crusty burger are like deep cuts like the rib witch or the barley burger yeah and one of my favorite things that uh, about like going into the simpsons world is there's always a massive line for the crusty burger and uh on the tvs that are in the like it's the, just like, it's just line, highlights it's just like highlights of episodes where there's like food references like 
one of my favorite jokes in anything ever is the chili cook-off where Mr. or the Pope of Chili Town or Chief Wiggum tells Homer it's not my job to talk people out of killing yeah. themselves. And so they're playing like clips of that and clips of I think they play the clip from the one where the, um, uh, Homer remembers that he saw Mr. Smithers dead dad, dad yeah, when he was a kid when he quarry. starts like screaming at the restaurant. Yeah. So they're playing like that and it's it's just they the the Simpsons is such an important maybe like up there as far as most important like things I've ever watched in my life. It, is, it just had such a huge impact. Yeah, it is undeniably the most the single most important piece of like of like <laughs> art media that I have ever consumed. Um and so yeah, that, fucking yeah, with that uh, with that we're going to jump into episode, episode two. 2 which is The Secret War of Lisa Simpson. And this is an interesting one cuz this is an episode I've watched a shit ton of times, but it's not necessarily one that I have come back to a lot and I think it's in large part because I I definitely tend to gravitate for like an easy rewatch towards the more joke heavy episodes as opposed and not this episode isn't joke heavy, but like the episodes where there's a little bit more uh like emotional resonance are almost ones that I avoid because I, I, when the Simpsons turn decides to turn that on for an episode, like make it really point. Mother Simpson, um, <laughs> Mother Simpson, or uh, and Maggie makes three. Like you feel it so deeply yeah. that it's it's tough. Um, it's like almost hard to rewatch. So, but w- this and that's true for this episode. But rewatching, I'm like, okay, it's it's poignant, but it's not the like the the end of Mother Simpson where I'm just like in tears. Yeah. Um, so th- this is a great episode too because Mike, you mentioned when I like brought this one up that Lisa's become a character that you've connected with more as an adult. Is that so? Why would you say that is? Yeah, and it's. I think it's. You know, it, it's funny because as a person who was able to watch full episodes in my mind in school in middle school, I'm still someone who's able to watch this show and take new things from it constantly, which like makes no sense to me, um, <laughs> but it's true. And one of the things that I've taken more in the last, like, decade is just, like, you know, when I was little and I was, like, a, I, I was a young boy who was lashing out a lot. Like, I was like, oh, I like Bart because I see myself in Bart. But, like, as I've gotten older, I think I've realized that, like, I, I truly see more of myself in Lisa, probably. Um, so I think that that's why, as, like, an adult, I relate to her a little more from an emotional standpoint mm-hmm. and, and maybe the Elisa episodes as a whole are a little bit more emotional because they're they're kind of like wide-eyed optimism that's kind of slapped down with with like real world harshness um, and this episode I think is that kind of to, to an extreme it's, it's a pretty uh, it's such a sad like like Lisa just wants to be challenged in this episode because she doesn't feel challenged at her own public school um but like the military school that they go to is not accepting of her because she's a girl so this one like like you mentioned with burns there that wastes no time getting things started on a fucking hilarious note which is uh miss kerbopple's fourth grade class is doing a field trip to the uh, police station <laughs> and the first thing is like they they're knocking on the door like hello is anyone there and fucking chief wiggum shows up like with a towel around his neck cup of coffee shaving <laughs> he just says yeah it's harder and harder to get here before 10 a.m before 10 boy it's getting harder and harder to make it here by 10 <clears throat> which is a hilarious thing because it establishes that 
the police department either is so underfunded or so inept that they just don't have anyone working overnight like at yeah. the station because they walk in and there's 75 voicemails <laughs> she she Wickham says can someone take the law into their own hands for once yeah. and just delete the messages without listening to them can't anybody in this town take the law into their own hands that's when he starts giving them a tour for, through the museum which they all go aww and then he mentions of crime and they all start all the yeah. kids start cheering of crime of crime and in the Museum of Crime, there's two, there's like a, something that is, what I love about The Simpsons rewatching it, now that I'm an adult with a better understanding of like American history, is how clearly The Simpsons understands that hippies and like the counterculture was a scapegoat for like conservative values. So like one of the first things they show off is like, uh, it's like a scary exhibit in the crime museum of like hippies. Um, including one who has the munchies for what yeah. Chief Wiggum calls a California cheeseburger. And it's like an animatronic, like, hippie woman holding a hoagie roll that has a baby in it. Yeah, California cheeseburger. <laughs> California cheeseburger. <laughs> Which is so fucking funny. And it's, but it's also so, like, that, that says so much about, like, how the hippie movement became characterized by like law enforcement and the people of actual power in the United States. Yeah. Which is uh, fucking hilarious. It um, is. It's good. <laughs> we cut right from this to Lisa's second grade classroom with Miss Hoover. Um, the other, one of the other great things about the Simpsons is how accurately they're able to capture the monotony and like, I guess just torture of being a public school teacher and how much that sucks. And so, like, Miss Hoover is just showing old newsreels. And about people. sand. About sand. Yeah, it goes sand, 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 sand. Sand, sand, sand. And then... <laughs> There's the moon, it's, the moon one, which is so outdated. They're talking about like colonies on the moon by the 1960s. They're talking about how on the the moon, your weight will be like significantly less than what it is on Earth, and they show like this this um, this child like eating ice cream and the narrator just says slow down there chubby yeah yeah you're not on the moon yet in that that chart when they show the weight conversion chart it says at the bottom of that chart that uh it, it's 1952 department of moon <laughs> i didn't catch that god damn it the moon belongs to america and anxiously awaits the arrival of our astro man after this is done the the newsreel's finished and Miss Hoover's gone. Like they look outside and her car's gone from the parking <laughs> lot. The the fact that the Simpsons is able to pretty cuttingly like get at the core of like every major institution in the United States and how like underfunded and poorly structured it, it is is just fantastic. Like it's fascinating. It's to me it's every to, yeah. It's fucking nuts. And, and it's still it's still like present today. Like that all the the little jokes about how much it sucks to teach in a public school is completely true today too which is i mean it says maybe more about just america i think than yeah. the simpsons so this is where we establish lisa's central problem this episode which is that she doesn't feel challenged in school because they've watched they watched uh, sand three and news, moon three newsreels i think it's like three newsreels two movies and had a half hour of magazine, magazine time, time. <laughs> um while this is happening bart finds like a bunch of uh, they get to the end of like the tour, and <laughs> Chief Wiggum says, "I gotta go sit down." Yeah. 
Yeah, um, after he shows them all of the banana stickers that have been put on the radio. <laughs> including one from Bananco. <laughs> and Bart finds all of the megaphones that are, like, on a wall and sets them up so that he creates, like, one giant megaphone and then shouts through it and it, like, shatters all the glass. Yeah, testing. <laughs> when uh, they brought Bart home... Um, Homer's like telling him, uh, you're in for the punishment of a lifetime. And Bart's like, I know the drill. I'll go to your room. And Homer says, no, you have toys in your room. Go to the garage. You go to the garage. And then immediately Bart is seen out the window driving a lawnmower. <laughs> and, uh, they, um, this is where, uh, like they decide that Bart's going to go to military school. Um, and I, I think it's here that I forget who it is. It might be Chief Wiggum mentions how, how wedded are you to the Bart, you know, <laughs> not very yeah not very <laughs> it's fucking stupid and so yeah. they're able to like cur- they're able to trick Bart into getting in the car by telling him they're going to Disneyland and then they end up just going to the military school um, <laughs> the while Disneyland they're touring joke. <laughs> while they're touring Lisa finds out that um, this school not, outside of like the like physical requirements military school has a lot of like challenging like literature and poetry classes so it's more of what she's looking for uh, in in like an educational institution. So she decides she wants to go as well. Uh, this is where we introduce Willem Dafoe in a fantastic guest role as like the head of the military The commandant. School. The commandant. Um, and well, they're, once Lisa decides she wants to go, they cut to, they're in his office. He's like, let me get this situation straight. You're a girl? All right. Let's go over this one more time just to make sure I understand the situation. You're a girl. So once this is established, um, Bart and Lisa have to go through a hazing, and the rest of the like students kind of want to gang up on Lisa because she's a girl. They don't think she has what it takes. And this sort of sets up the central conflict, which is that Bart gets pretty readily accepted because he has fantastic combat skills, and his killing teacher says he's a natural. Yeah, and, they, and he's already familiar with small arms since he attended public school. <laughs> well, since you attended public school, I'm going to assume that you're already proficient with small arms, so we'll start you off with something a little more advanced. So they give him a rocket launcher, yeah, they a grenade <laughs> launcher, and he gets four to the five targets, and when they say, oh, you missed the fifth one, he says, did I? And they cut to, like the parking lot outside Springfield Elementary where Skinner's car has just been obliterated. Yeah. It's just like a crater. Um, and poor Lisa is still trying to figure out how to use a gun because hers is stuck on auto fire, which is maybe like the visual that sticks. When I think of this episode, it's the first thing I think of. Like the visual of Lisa... A gun just going off. Like an M16 and it's on auto and it's like firing her up into the air. Dad, could someone help me? And this is like Lisa's having a lot of trouble just with fitting in um and she decides to call home no one picks up because homer's too lazy to pick up the phone so instead she calls the retirement home where grandpa is and i i thought this was like a really funny but it's a sad joke also like sad joke which is that they constantly establish that grandpa just wants to ramble and no one wants to listen but lisa's so homesick she like lets him talk for hours and he gets tired of talking for the he first tells time her like life. everything he tells her every little detail about his life um, and gets tired of talking and just sort of like, all right, bye. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's funny 
and also really sad at the same time. Um, but then Lisa finds a that she's got mail, and it's a, a tape from home. And this is probably like the biggest tearjerker moment in the episode, um, because she wants to listen to it with Bart, but Bart's too busy hanging out with like the other students. Um, so Lisa, it's just this image of Lisa alone in her bunk listening to a tape of Marge singing, You Are My Sunshine, My Only Sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. And it's just sad because Lisa, like, Less sort of like with you, I think Lisa's a character I've grown to connect with more and more. Uh, I feel like I'm probably closest to Lisa of all the characters in terms of like my interests and how I look at the world and politics and everything. I think you're closest to Homer because you're illiterate. <laughs> you're closest to Homer because you're a buffoon. Yeah, you're a volleyball. I'm closest to Homer. When I laugh, sometimes if something really gets me, I do the tee-hee-hee, like, in yeah. <laughs> It's something I've just learned from watching too much Simpsons. Um... I, I I think I'm closest to Lisa or I'm closest to Marge because like Marge I also get really excited by like trinkets and knickknacks that aren't that exciting but I'm like oh wow look at that so um, this episode being one where Lisa just misses Marge hits especially close to home like I okay I connect with that um, they establish that what's the name of the obstacle course it's called like the Eliminator yeah, the the Eliminator. They, uh, the state supreme court, which previously determined that like combat to the death was not a the the right like final exam for students in military school, has determined that the eliminator, which is like a six story uh, like climb over a thorn pit um, on like a rope with a blister grade of twelve. Uh, yeah, is, blister factor of twelve, <laughs> which is like it, that. They determined that that's too much for students, so it's they're going to get rid of it, but since this is the last class to use it they're gonna like they're gonna get to phase it out essentially um so their original final test was a two-day battle royal (laughs) the two-day battle royal deemed deemed inhumane yeah Uh, just like this has been deemed inhumane um so bart is trying to help lisa prepare for it because she doesn't think she can take it uh there's a really great joke where bart is like helping her practice um, but he hears like a rustling and it's the other like students and they're like coming back from sneaking out at night to go into town and one of them says that was some good corn yeah that's that's my favorite line i noted that he says he says it was worth sneaking into town that was some good corn <laughs> which they never explain what i love like that trio a- that trio of like hazing hazing bullies <laughs> is so, so funny, funny. Because right after this, so, you know, it ends sort of how you expect. Like, Bart's able to complete the obstacle course, and Lisa, like, almost falls, but Bart decides to, like, because the rest of the um, the students are kind of, like, cheering on the fact that Lisa might fall into the thorns. Um, Bart breaks away and, like, gives her the encouragement she's kind of been seeking the whole episode, and she's able to finish the obstacle course. Um, when she gets down, they, the, that trio of bullies gets in Bart's face like they're going to... Uh, make life living hell for him, but then they realize graduation's in three hours. Yeah, I guess we better said, we better go change. <laughs> change. We better go change. It leads directly to the graduation where fucking the, 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 the speech. <laughs> the wars of the future will not be fought on a battlefield or at sea. They will be fought in space or possibly on top of a very tall mountain. In either case, most of the actual fighting will be done by small robots. And as you go forth today, remember always, your duty is clear to build and maintain those robots. The, the last button of this episode is Bart and Lisa uh, 
they graduate, uh, they're being driven home, and Marge and Homer say, like, you know, we're finally going to take you to uh, Disneyland. And they get really excited and then reveal that they've just taken them to the dentist, and Marge and Homer share a laugh. And then that's the end of season eight, which is the the episode, the, the end of what's considered the peak. It's not, it's not the best episode of season eight, but it's a good one. It's a very good one. Yeah. What, what's the best episode of season eight? You only moved twice. <laughs> oh shit! You're right. It's the be- that might be the best episode of all time. It's very. It's so fucking good. Yeah. It's the one with uh, they put me here because I'm Canadian. Yeah. It's the Hank Scorpio, um, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually if we continue to do this, which I think we will because uh, it's uh, we make the rules around. Yeah, here. we make the rules. And you don't make if, anything. You know, if 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 our VCR breaks. Or if the Wi-Fi goes out and all we have is our Simpsons DVDs or whatever is on Fox 11 at the time that we choose to, to put it on. Or if, you know, I'm just busy and don't have that much time in a week to, to <laughs> watch two to watch movies a picture. Yeah, and put much thought into it, you know, we'll, we'll dip back into this. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning, because we didn't say it up front, that... that these two episodes really were just kind of picked completely randomly. At any given moment, if you ask me, like, what's a good Simpsons, ep- Simpsons episode to watch, I'll give you an answer that is going to change, like, minute to minute. Because yeah, there's when just I was, too many. When I was trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to get as my Simpsons tattoo, I remember putting together, I texted you about it, I put together a list yeah. of probably, like, 70 episodes. And I was like, here's the good ones. Like, what, what's a good visual gag? <laughs> And so, how it's like what, way what too is much your to... tattoo? It's the TV, but what's in the TV? Yeah, it's it's the it's from season eight when Homer fights Dredrick Tatum. I wanted the Simpsons TV because it's the TV, the connection TV that like is meaningful to me. But then I wanted what was on the TV to be something that actually was on a TV in the show. And Homer's probably my favorite character. Uh, like it's an easy answer, but I think it's the he think he's the funniest character. They're, they're, they're promoting the fight with Frederick Tatum and a boxing glove enters frame and Homer's head blows up. <laughs> and yeah, so the, the tattoo is um, it's the Simpsons TV with Homer kind of staring at a boxing glove that is getting About way too to close to his face. face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that that kind of it kind of uh, covers it. Covers it. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Instagram... <laughs> Instagram is at, at Instagram.com at Instagram. <laughs> Fuck you. Instagram is at Desert Island Movie Pod. And Twitter is at DIM underscore podcast. Don't forget to give us uh, five California cheeseburgers out of five on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> uh, because that would help us out a lot. And uh, we've gotten we've gotten a decent amount of them so far. So thank yeah. you to everyone who's I done that. I think we get the most of any podcast ever recorded. Yeah, I think that that's true. And uh, so this is going to be the last episode of September, and October is going to be a horror-themed month, as we've kind of mentioned before. The first week of October, we're going to be doing uh, kind of horror movies that you, the listener, helped us select. Uh, We already did some, you know, questioning on Instagram and stuff to see what horror movies you like, but keep an eye on the social media this week because there's going to be some polls helping us kind of finalize that selection uh, for the first week of October. And as always... Stay desert, stay island, stay movies, stay Simpsons, stay Stay podcast. podcast.